Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? He warned them over and over. And this is what, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 10, it starts, So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. Verse 12, He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. Samuel goes on to warn, he will take away your daughters, he will take away your sons, he'll put them in war, he'll tax you to the hilt. Do you really know what you're asking for, Israel? (laughs) And they didn't. But the heartbreaking thing is we see the culmination in verse 18, and that's what we're seeing here in Daniel chapter 1. Verse 18, Samuel's warning, And you will cry out in that day because of your king who you have chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Huh. You know, there is an invisible line where God's grace ends and his wrath begins. Romans 1 again. We don't know that line, but I know this. Even in the Christian life, Israel is always a picture and a type of us as believers. And you know, like Israel, many of us rebel, God disciplines us, we rebel, God disciplines us, we come back, you know, we say, I'll never do it again, Lord, I'll never do it again. <laughs> Am I the only one who's went through that? I don't know. So, but the thing is, is we are, that Israel is that picture and that type, but there's a place where God just simply says, enough, enough. You keep going back to your vomit like a dog. You keep going back to these things, enough. And you know, the scripture is very clear on this. Many times the Lord will just take people home. Christians, he'll take them home because of their continual rebellion. They're still saved, but he takes them home. And in the same way, what a tragic and heartbreaking thing. Israel didn't heed the warning. They demanded their own way. What another profound warning for all of us. Never demand your way. Your way is not his way. My way is not his way. Never demand your way. But not only that, they were looking for solutions of man, secular solutions over godly solutions. Don't ever let that be us. You know, the, the answer for our nation today is not a president. It's not politicians. Now, again, you know my, my understanding of that. Vote, be involved, do those things. But first and foremost, we must look to our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not the fake gods, not the false gods, and not any man. We have to look to him. He needs to be our sustenance. He needs to be who we look to and who we long for and who we pray to for change. We do our due diligence and all of that, I understand. But we need to look to him and not to man. But Israel demanded a king and they got their way. And here's what happened. We know that Israel would receive a king, Saul, who would do all those things that was prophesied. And then they would receive better kings, David and Solomon. 
But know this, even with David and Solomon, there were a lot of problems. Solomon married all these foreign wives, and they brought in all their foreign gods. He made the nation so wealthy and rich that they became fat and lazy, basically. They had it so good, you know, they probably had air conditioning. You know, that's what I'm saying. But they, they had it so good, it, they were so wealthy, they had so much ease and comfort, and he invited all of these, these uh, wives with their pagan gods, with their foreign gods. And what happened? The people of Israel became so comfortable and started worshiping pagan gods. Sound familiar? And we know it only got worse after that. And what happened is Israel began to seek after these false gods and debauchery. And they compromised over and over. They broke God's law. And it led to division in the nation. Again, sound familiar? It led to a dividing of the nation. Do you understand the nation Israel divided into two parts because of this? They went to civil war. The ten tribes went north, called themselves Israel. The two tribes of Benjamin and Judah and later the Levitical priest stayed in the area of Judah. And the nation was divided because of all of this. And because of all of this, we know a house divided cannot stand. And we know Israel, the ten tribes north, and uh, Judah, the two tribes south, would be taken into captivity. The northern tribes by Assyria, the southern tribes... Judah by Babylon. Now, the northern tribes, it started in about 740 B.C., and it started with Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Remember, those two and a half tribes are those who settled. They compromised right off the bat. They settled on the east side of the Jordan. They were the ones first taken into captivity. Makes sense. Then, 20 years later, the rest of those ten tribes were taken into captivity. Judah lasted a little longer because they held to the word of God a little longer. They did a little better for a season, for a time. And then they began to rebel and God prophesied that they too would go into exile. And in 658, a man named Nabopolassar rose to power in Babylon and he started developing a very powerful and mighty army. He started to grow that army. In 625, he began to have victory after victory over the Assyrians. The Assyrians were the ruling power of the world at this time with Egypt waning. And in 625, he began to defeat the Assyrians. And Nebuchadnezzar, he's the father of a man named Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, his name means Nabu, protect my son. Nabu is one of the main pagan gods, little g, gods, of Babylon. A very evil god. Now, when we say little gods, we know there's only one true god. And we looked at this a couple weeks ago. The rest of these little g gods are nothing more than demonic entities. But Nabu was supposedly the God of prophecy and advice. And what I love about the book of Daniel is that Daniel's God, the one true God, defeats this God continually in the areas of what? Prophecy and advice. I just love it. Again, things in the word tickle me. Maybe not you, but you know, hey, the day's young, or maybe not so young. But we will see that this man, Nebuchadnezzar, he rises to power. He becomes a very powerful military general for his father. He starts to have victory after victory. But you know, we're going to see a lot of lessons in the book of Daniel, not only from the four faithful young men, but also from King Nebuchadnezzar. He is the perfect recipe. You want a recipe for disaster? Okay, I'm going to give it to you. Now, you just, you just check the list, see where you're at on this list, okay? Nebuchadnezzar was a man with a very quick temper, Everything offended him. And you will see that in the book of Daniel. A quick temper. And he was quick to bite at other people and do rash things. He was an extremely prideful man. Full of pride. All the way up to here. Full of his own pride. And he tried to take credit for the work of God. You want a recipe for disaster? Have a quick temper. 
be prideful and try to take credit for the work of God. That's a recipe for disaster. And we'll see that because we know pride comes before the fall. But we know Nebuchadnezzar, he defeated Assyria in 612. But then in 605, in what was the world war at the Battle of Karshemish, Egypt and Assyria band together to come against Babylon, but they didn't stand a chance. Nebuchadnezzar was indeed a mighty general, and he defeated these armies. He wiped the Syrian armies out, and then he chased the Egyptian army south. And of course, it's just a coincidence that while he's chasing these armies through the south, he comes through the land of Judah. He comes to Jerusalem, and he captures Jerusalem. Again, we know this was prophesied. He captures Jerusalem. But God is so gracious and merciful. He doesn't destroy it. He doesn't destroy all of Judah. He doesn't even take that many captives the first time because at the same time he's capturing Jerusalem, his father, Nebuchadnezzar, dies in Babylon. And he has to return quickly. He travels over 500 miles in less than two weeks. It's a historic journey to go seize the throne to make sure he could secure the throne in Babylon. Again, that's God's grace. And he left Jehoiakim as a puppet king But of course, Jehoiakim messed that up. And then his son, Jehoiachin, only lasted three months. And he was destroyed. And there was another exile where where Nebuchadnezzar came down and took more exiles to Babylon. And then the last time, the third time, we had... It happened again where they tried to rebel with Egypt. Zedekiah tried to rebel. And so Nebuchadnezzar had enough. And in 586 BC, he said, that's enough with these stiff-necked, stubborn people. I'm going to wipe them out. And he left only the weakest and frail in the land. And he took the rest to exile to Babylon and killed many. And so when you read verse 2 in Daniel 1, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Notice this. It was God. It wasn't even Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was, was the tool in God's hand. And it's the same for you and me. You know, when we rebel against God, he will use whatever he has to to get our attention. And as a nation, he does the same thing. As we lament and we mourn for our nation and what's going on, why do you think God's allowing it? And the heartbreaking thing, did you notice? It says that he also took some of the articles of the house of God and carried them into his pagan temples. And if you look around our nation today, what has happened to the true elements of worship in our nation? What has happened to true Christianity, to the so-called church? Look at what's happening in our nation. We are doing things and saying things and preaching things in the so-called Christian church that are pagan in origin. We're defiling the elements of the temple of God. We're doing these things, the same thing. It's the book of Daniel all over again. That is what's going on in our own nation. We're seeing the defiling of true elements of God, of so-called Christianity, the Christian church, over and over again with false philosophy and, and heretical teaching. And it's sad. But we're going to finish with a passage of Scripture. Again, we're not, it's broad strokes today, so relax. I know it's hot, but we'll get through this. But I think there's power in this for you and me. Because as we study the book of Daniel, we need to understand the times in which we live and how we are to stand in these days. Because look at this, Daniel 1, verses 3 through 7. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. 
Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.